What's up, Q? Back at it. Let's do our quick review of our song. Oh, yes. Our review of the song Dumb by Nirvana. Mixed in with a little parody and pastiche for legal reasons. Um, I I don't know, really. It's hard to even put into words my feelings about this song. It's just so touching and um kind of speaks to me on just a deep emotional level i don't know that there's much more that can be said about it great i feel the same way nirvana's been so important in my life and my development as a podcaster sort of grungy dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah someone who once didn't like showers (laughs) um I was actually I I was going to talk about something else first, but did you hear about the Nyquil chicken? <laughs> I did. I did see that. Yeah. Well, here's something I find interesting about it. Apparently, before the FDA's post about it, there were five searches on TikTok for Nyquil chicken, and um, the second, like the day they announced it, there were like. 1400 and count and now obviously there's tens of thousands of searches (laughs) it definitely seems like an op i don't really get what is the point of it what is it supposed to like get you high or like why why would you cook chicken in nyquil well that's why it seems fake to me like it's like it to me it's like the fda what i guess when i read about that like how little of a problem it is and how much attention they drew to it. Okay. This, this, this article is saying 7,000. I I just, and it never even really said what the point of it was. I just, I kind of just thought that um, it kind of just is like the FDA being like, people are so retarded if we're not here to save everyone everyone. yeah Yeah, but it's like it's such a minor problem you know or even to call it a like a problem of any note or public health anyway i just thought it was interesting that they like they basically created the nyquil problem i mean and if we've gotten to the point where truly people are like cooking chicken and nyquil and just like in spontaneously and independently thinking that this sounds like an appealing idea. I feel like we just need to let that play out and just <laughs> allow the society to collapse. Listen, so. I'm really sick right now and I've, I've taken a, a shot of NyQuil a few nights while I've been oh. sick and it's, it's nice. Maybe I don't, you should t- try the NyQuil chicken. I don't want to, I don't want to eat chicken with it, but <laughs> I do like the kind of like burn it gives me in the back of my throat and kind of, and kind of the like, uh, loopy, you know, I like medicine. Uh It just makes me pass out, which I feel like that's what I'm looking for when I take NyQuil. Well, I'm also taking, not together, but I'm also taking some Sudafed. (laughs) Um, and that makes me feel like really 
fucked up. So, so this uh, this episode is sponsored by NyQuil and Sudafed. <laughs> Sudafed is really dangerous. The back is like the back is like you will die if you take more than two of these in twenty four hours. Sudafed is like the real shit, though. Like that actually, it gets you high, right? It's like pseudoephedrine. Yeah, it's really, really, I mean, like, yeah. It's, it's like it's, what they make meth out of. It is what they make meth out of. But it works, like, if you need to, like, because now, of course, like, my boss is, like, everyone's back to work. It doesn't fucking matter how <laughs> disgusting you are. You have to come in. And so, but, like, so I need to breathe at work. So, um, anyway, I've been taking Sudafed. That wasn't what I, I brought, though. Oh, Shauna Tova, by the way. Oh, yeah, I forgot that was today but i am technically jewish um, all, so. all, of my, all of my jewish friends forgot it was today too even though i've texted <laughs> i've texted shana tova to like four people but usually followed by like usually followed by like an lol um, ironic I, yeah i have off for it so it's like that's why I know. Uh, so you remember yeah, yeah i don't so i'm gonna have to file a discrimination lawsuit against my employer <laughs> yeah i don't think jews get to do that anymore um all right oh, let's... but so yeah so uh, unfortunately this uh, we're not sponsored by um by sudafed or nyquil so we wanted to just let everyone know that we did set up this patreon page Oh, yeah. um it's set up it's uh patreon.com slash thoughts and prayers straight simple so if you like the show if you like what we're doing you know feel free to just mosey on over there and see what's going on is it t-h-o-t um, yeah t-h-o-t-s and prayers is that and like spelled out and, and it's spelled out and no ampersand just good to give people the like specific for um, sure Thing. for sure so yeah so we're gonna start um we literally just started it so uh i we we better get some of our friends and family to do it so it seems like, <laughs> it seems like we're gaining momentum but yeah we're but gonna just know that you yes you listener could be the very first thoughty friend of the thoughts and prayers podcast Yes, and we are going to start putting uh paywalled episodes on there this week so there will be uh at this point you get four episodes a month free and we're gonna do a fifth one on the patreon um that that could change maybe more will end up on the patreon <laughs> as more people subscribe but Once yeah we that's... get our first subscriber yeah <laughs> but right now it's gonna be a bonus a bonus app on the on the patreon so yeah stay tuned for that um all right so was this what i brought to you this week um all right it was a twitter poll by uncut otter san francisco <laughs> um he has nudes on his page of course um and it got ratioed um <laughs> let me just read the poll to you is it unethical to attend a quote unquote no loads refused pimped out cum dump event if the bottom has blocked you on Twitter, even though you've never talked to them and have no idea why? Um, and you could have answered yes, definitely, kinda, 
not really, or nope, no loads refused, which unsurprisingly, after 8,662 8, votes on Gage Twitter, the nope, no loads refused won. <laughs> um, I just thought it was funny because I think this person is serious. Uh, I looked through their page enough to see if this was like a total joke. And I, I think that it's not, <laughs> I think this, I mean, I think like the framing of the poll is maybe a joke, but I think this person does, um, you know, attend no, no loads, uh, refused pimped outcome dump events. So that was one. <laughs> and then the other one was um, this person the next day, actually, um, ironically. And this is all happening during Folsom, which is like a, you know, festival of degeneracy in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this this other guy posted the next day. This one got didn't get ratioed, actually. Um, so people were pro this one, I guess. Um, he wrote took a bottom in the toilets last night and was fucking him for ages, just nonstop pounding, then opened the door and pulled in the first guy who was in the queue and made him start fucking the guy too. Then while he was fucking the bottom, I was fucking the top. After I was done being a top and the two guys left, I activated bottom mode and started pulling all other guys into the cubicle to come in, use me, then go. The guys in the queue behind would see what was happening and come in for their turn. I felt like a drive-thru. Um, apparently prou- proud of this behavior. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say, I guess what I thought was funny about it or interesting about it is that in both situations, uh, people sort of like were kind of, you know, coming at it from like, I guess a consent angle, um, which I, I found but like ridiculous because I think that you've given blanket consent. If you're a no loads refused pimped out, come down party bottom. Um, like, could you imagine ref- like being the per- the one load that's refused? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, are you even like built? I mean, are you even like aware of who's, you know. I don't think so. I think in this situation, you're not, they're not even visible to you. <laughs> yeah, right. So. so it seems like the whole setup is sort of like, you know, you're kind of, if you're participating in it, you kind of have to give a, you know, blanket, uh, blanket consent, I would argue for, you know, what's, what's going on. It's not really a feminist um, verbal consent situation, you know? Yeah, I don't even under. <laughs> I mean, who is weighing in on that? I don't. People just like to be outraged. I don't even understand. <laughs> no one. I mean, no one was taking it that serious. It was a lot of jokes, especially the bathroom one. Got a lot of jokes, like me just waiting in line trying to pee at the club. Um, <laughs> I guess I just thought about it because, like, I'm part of like a like a mini little, not that many, but like a small-ish group of gay guys on. Twitter that seemed to kind of, uh, you know, not, not even anti-casual sex, just like maybe porn has like pushed gay men too far. You know what I mean? Like we're not even, 
we're not even coming for the one nights, like the traditional one night stand, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, which now seems, which now basically seems like a traditional, act, like a, that's like for the gay community, that's like waiting until marriage. It's like just having a one night stand with a single person sometimes, you know? Right. Um, but I am kind of coming for this and here's why I just, I just think that it's okay. Uh, I think when you make consent, the only thing you're worried about in a sexual encounter, you kind of take away like what's good for you spiritually. And I don't know if 50 cocks up your ass is good for you spiritually. Good chicken soup for the soul. I don't, I don't think I just don't think so. <laughs> so I guess I just wanted to point out these posts because I just I I just feel like I don't know what conversation I really want to start because I, I'm kind of a believer like I don't have to do that. So <laughs> I like it's like if they want to do it, it's fine. But I think that maybe we should think about maybe think a little bit more about like ethical sex meeting more than just like someone has you know consented versus someone has has not like i think there's maybe other things to consider possibly that's 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 my reactionary <laughs> argument of the week <laughs> yeah. and i'm also like kind of looping in like you know extreme like rape porn and like you know like all this all this other stuff that like is all like very, very consensual, you know, but like maybe it's not good that like 10 year olds are watching like, uh, you know, Bukaki, <laughs> like, like Bukaki, like, you know, uh, MILF raped in a basement by 40 guys. Like maybe it's not the best. Yeah. Well, it also seems like a kind of a sexual arms race. Like, if you just keep upping the stakes and intensity of like what turns you on, it'll, it's like suddenly you just can't like, you know, like fuck somebody that you like you, you have to, <laughs> you just, you have to like go and then like spread your cheeks in the bathroom and like, you know, get cummed in by like, dozens or hundreds of random people to get your rocks off which i mean if that's your thing i guess that's cool but it just seems like kind of an ordeal you know yeah it seems dangerous it seems like an ordeal um it's not for me it's not for me and uh i'm someone i and i also have come with this as in a hugely biased way because i'm someone who never really enjoyed casual sex so it's like i'm also coming at it in like a like my personal you know but i just it just concerns me <laughs> how many of my fellow gays uh seem to like unquestionably think this is like fine and i just don't really know where that's going and i, and I agree there's like there's a cap right like how far can you really take it like you know I mean, what's next? Like Jeffrey Dahmer style, <laughs> you know? I've like, seen uh, your all your Dahmer tweets. <laughs> army, army, army hammer cannibalism. Like, uh, I don't know where you take. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think there's there's like a stopping point where it's like really hard to like uh, just get uh, just yeah, just get past that. And it's like I don't know. Like, I think 
I mean, you, we've both been in long-term relationships now for a long time, but like, you know, a lot of people I know who are out there still say that sex is like getting pornier and pornier, which doesn't surprise me, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to even understand really as a straight person, the, I mean, casual sex has always been sort of a scarce resource like <laughs> that is true yeah sure. like it's not like you can just go out on any particular night and then you know basically with a hundred percent certainty know that that's what's going down or if you're gay well, I, feel I, like think maybe, definitely... I think maybe you can you have to do two things i think you have to be willing to stay out really late mm -hmm. um and you have to radically lower your standards. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, that is, that is probably true. So I guess that was <laughs> never my scene, really. But um, I just think I, if you go out to a New York City bar, even a straight, even straight people, and you wait, you wait around until like closing time when people are kind of rapidly pairing off mm -hmm. and you really, really, really lower like your standards probably you could get laid most nights of the week i would guess yeah no that that actually is true and i actually <laughs> i i didn't notice that really until i stopped drinking and then i would go out because i i do i still like to party and and just like the culture and, and and music and stuff like that so i still went out a lot after i stopped drinking and um i would see that at the end of the night there'd be like especially it, like wasted girls and then there'd be like predatory dudes who were literally like basically sober seeming just kind of like lurking around and like waiting till the to the right moment to uh, you know <laughs> to be clear that's not what i was at like no no i know but <laughs> but i i guess i i had never because i guess from my perspective when i was drinking I would have just already been too fucked up and on the verge of passing out to like right. make it that far. But <laughs> it's not like that in the gay world. Like in the gay world, it's like at any point in the night, um, a blowjob is like possible, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. Like a 50% chance. Well, and even just on the apps, right? Like you could just essentially like <laughs> yeah room service like ordering yeah grubhub or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it's it does show you the difference between men and women because there's there's no equivalent on the lesbian side of things you know and most women i know did have casual sex in college and completely stopped after that so yeah I mean, it's always an option for women, for straight oh, women, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's uh, um, an option that they don't tend to um, choose as readily. <laughs> I think they do. do. I'm like, you know who I think gets laid the most straight guys is like the sailing instructor at a resort. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you of... can, if you devote your life to it, you can make it happen for sure. I mean, like a pickup artist and all this stuff, but, uh, yeah, I, an average Joe, I don't, it's not, no, yeah. I just, that's like the, every woman I know now, like who's in her thirties and not in a long-term relationship or married or with kids or whatever, the times they do have casual sex, it's always a story. It's always like the snorkeling instructor at the like resort in Aruba. <laughs> they were, right. at, they were out with their girlfriends. Like those guys, I think get like 
<laughs> I get mad pussy, you know? <laughs> so that's the job you want. You just need to be decently attractive and you're in a place where people are a little more free. Right, unattached and whatever. What'd you bring for us? New life plan. Um, so what do I got? Oh God. So I assume you already are aware of this, what, what people are calling the child myocarditis ad. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I kind of incredibly depressing, but I thought it was just kind of interesting, um, and horrifying, but yeah, basically for those who don't, aren't aware there was this ad going around. I think it was from New York City. Some hospital group or something put it out. Um, and basically, it's like this. I think it's a little girl, which I thought was interesting. But this, it's about this little girl. And she's like, one a day I had chest pain that I never had before. And so mommy took me to the hospital. And, you know, and then it's like, the doctor said I had something called myocarditis. <laughs> they, they, they gave me pills that I take every day and they put in something in my heart. So my heart beats normal now. Thank you, doctors. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> it's New York Presbyterian. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, I don't know about you, but personally, I never heard of myocarditis until these MRA, mRNA vaccines started being uh, injected into billions of people around the world. And it was definitely not something I had heard of in the context of children having any kind of heart problem or that at least to the point where like, there would be a TV commercial about it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. And, and then they're, they're trying to make it like, I mean, clearly they're trying to normalize it and be like, Oh yeah, I guess, you know, I guess like little kids do get myocarditis and need to be on like heart medication for the rest of their life, starting at age seven or whatever. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was interesting that it was a girl because I guess from I what what the data seems to show is that myocarditis is most common um, as a vaccine side effect, at least, is in uh, adolescent boys. Um, I think or like age twelve to thirty or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, they're still doing the kind of like, um, you know, they're still doing the like, you know, this is what we talked about, I guess, at one point off the pod, like the whole like symptom washing thing. It's like they're still claiming that like all these cases of myocarditis are, could possibly be from COVID. Right. From you actually know? getting COVID or yeah. Um, oh, yeah, climate change or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, but I, yeah, I suspect we're going to start seeing a lot more of this kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, it's, it's. Well, that's, I mean, this is why I think we are going to see much more of it is because 
like it keeps they keep kind of having to like backtrack shit like with the whole Paxlovid thing you know Mm -hmm. they were like Paxlovid is like totally uh like great it's like a miracle drug and then like they really had to like backtrack it like and now it's like they're not giving it out anymore basically because <laughs> they're like it makes covid worse it makes you symptomatic for longer like you know yeah and they they only tested it on um unvaccinated people in the trials but then they were giving it to vaccinated people primarily and um or at least that's who was that's who tended to have the weird like uh what uh what are, the, what are they calling it? The rebound. Yeah. Where like you get COVID twice, basically. Well, that's the other thing that happened this week. The Pfizer CEO has yeah. COVID again. Yep. And um, he had it. He's apparently he had it in mid August and then he got it again. Now. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. what to, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, because the thing that's funny is, is like, and you know, for instance, in my like government job, like, um, I, I am not allowed, like, so if I get COVID, I do get a certain amount of days off. Right. Um, and, but I'm not allowed to get those days off again for 90 days, even if I test positive, because the argument is, is that like, you can't, you know, if you test positive again within 90 days, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not COVID or like you're just, it's just like latent COVID or something. <laughs> so I'm like, does this guy even have like COVID again? Like it seems uh, weird, you know? Yeah. I don't know. The COVID stuff has gotten even more. I mean, like I'm happy because I had a cold this week. I did test. I tested negative for COVID. I only tested because my, like I said, I got like six or seven days off off. so i was like i wanted you know i wanted to see if i had it i didn't and people were fine like for the most part almost Mm -hmm. everybody was like chill about it um my partner was a little weird like wanted me to like sleep in the guest room (laughs) two two of the nights but it was fine and then like at work no one acted weird about it and then like i did go to like a party um on saturday and no one seemed weirded out that i was had a cold you know but like i do have like one friend who like actually still believes like like i i made the joke to you like that i feel like he wants like menstrual huts like if you're (laughs) sick you have to go like to this special secluded place and like sit there do you know what i mean he's like pro the covid prison camps like in australia (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. Maybe before we go to like the main topic, we should talk about, did you read about that city, the, like the zero COVID um, city in China? No, or I don't know. Not that I'm aware of. Um, I know they're still trying with the the zero COVID. I mean, I don't believe that it's a good faith effort. Honestly, I think they're, they're just going well, all you, in on the control question, system. Like, here's my question. Like, do you think, that okay uh, let's let's talk ops for a minute because Uh (laughs) one thing that makes me question the COVID op right Uh is like or like question exactly what's going on is like china's insistence on these like extreme approaches and i'm kind of like does that mean like they know something that we don't you know 
And then that gives, like, I'm just, like, putting this question out there. Yeah. And then that gives these people who are, like, a mass disabling event is about to, like, descend upon <laughs> America. Like, is does that give them something, you know? No. In my opinion, no. Um, I think they're, China, first of all, there's two parts to that. But I think, one, a lot of what we see in the U.S. media, in the Western media about China is not even really real. Okay. It's, it, it serves a function in our media of, I think, kind of, as we talked about before, showing, um, like, well, people who are saying that the U.S. is authoritarian and, you know, going all in on this, like, biomedical control system. Well, check out what's going on in China, right? So this is nothing in the U.S., you know. Um, yeah. So it's like sort of that scare, fear, porn kind of thing. But then also the other end of it is that China actually handled the pandemic totally differently. They um, they did not. So like we in the U.S., anyone who tests positive for COVID is counted as a COVID case. And a right. COVID death is anyone who tested positive at the time that they died um, for whatever reason. So like you could die of a heart attack, but if you had COVID when you died, that would be counted as a COVID death. In right. some places, like I think it was in the UK, they counted a COVID death as any time, uh, within 28 days. If you died within 28 days of a positive COVID test, that would count as a COVID death. So, um, and in China, they only counted COVID deaths if you had clinical symptoms for one, and if you had pneumonia specifically. So their part of their low COVID death count is just a result of that. It's a result of the different way they, um, okay. they were counting it. And so it's, it makes it look like all their extreme measures were effective or whatever, but really they just... They did. They simulated the pandemic differently, basically, to make it look like um, what the way they were handling it was more effective. And personally, I I believe that they just are going all in on the control system because one, their population was already conditioned to accept those kind of measures at a more, uh, you know, it was more. They already had the biometric ID, the face ID, they have cameras everywhere and essentially checkpoints that can know like where you're going and they can cut off your credit cards or whatever, you know, it's just a whole that they, they were already so far in that direction. It just wasn't, it was, they could pull it off with less effort. But I, from what I understand, there actually have been protests and resistance and things like that in China too. Um, but, and, and again, it's hard to tell even what, um, how much of what we see about what's going on in China is really what, how it's playing out there. It's just hard to know. Um, yeah. Cause uh, even U S media is control, you know, like they, they don't, I'm sure they, uh, control everything that's coming out of there, um, 
almost similar to North Korea or something. It's just, it's very, China's um, narrative about itself is very tightly controlled. Okay, that makes sense. Ugh, okay, COVID is just like, you know. It's jumped the shark, honestly. I can't believe there are still people who are all in on this thing. It, but it, it's getting less and less. I saw only something like 2% of the eligible population has gotten the uh, bivalent booster. Oh my God, I just had a, co- I literally just had a coworker tell me that he tested positive for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not going to be there tomorrow. So anyways. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I'm still seeing people like, and here's the thing, like I always end up at with this shit is like, let's say like, every, like the worst case scenario of like what everyone is saying is like true, right? Like. I'm open. Like if, if that were true, let's just say like, it is going to, it is going to cause a massive disabling event and something like, you know, 3% of people are going to get long COVID. Like, even if that was true, like I still just like, am kind of like, what exactly is your proposal? Well, exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, none of the measures that were that were tried or pushed on everyone have worked i mean everyone got covid first of all it's like everyone has already gotten it basically i can think of a handful of people that haven't gotten it that i know and in some cases it's just a case of like they haven't they haven't tested for it so they might have gotten it and they just didn't test yeah i just think it's interesting because i'm like if that did, if like, if that is what's happening and that did happen in our country, I still don't know that my opinion would be any different because as awful as it is, like there's just a lot of (laughs) sicknesses out there. It's like part of getting, being human. And like, I'm not saying I'm like happy that people are dying, but it's like, you can't possibly prevent like every, you know, uh, it's completely pointless. It's completely pointless to try to prevent an airborne respiratory virus from spreading. Right. And um, I mean, I and, and the I costs mean, of doing it are so enormous. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if this is true, but someone, um, Tucker is saying that more people are dying in the flu every day right now than, uh, than COVID. I don't know. I haven't looked into that if that's true, but he said at this point, like in the year, like not always, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's people... definitely possible. And it's definitely possible that this has happened in other years where there was a lot of flu deaths because no one or, or deaths where people died at the same time that they had the flu because we weren't testing every single person for the flu that checked into the hospital. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I don't know. Um, do you want to move on to our, our big topic? Yeah, the big dog. Okay. Martha's Vineyard, baby. Yeah. The uh, Vineyard. DeSantis's big, big publicity stunt here. Slash his there? human trafficking enterprise. <laughs> Have you been out there? Have I? Uh, no, I haven't actually ever been there. I haven't been there either. I've been to Cape Cod, which I think is like not far. I think like, um, 
I think that Martha's Vineyard is like an island close to Cape Cod. Yeah, honestly, I feel like I would probably hate it. It seems like very, it seems like cute and like quaint and like little shops and whatever, but like it doesn't seem like my scene. Yeah, I would like it. I mean, I like stuff like that. It's actually two hours from Cape Cod, but it seems like it has a similar vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like an, you know, like, I mean, you're from the East Coast. It's like an, you know, it's like an East Coast, it's like Hilton Head or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. just an East Coast, like, summer colony, basically. Yes. Um, uh, except for, un- it's very liberal is the difference. Yeah. Not, not all of them are super liberal. Like, Hilton Head is not known for being <laughs> right. super liberal. Um, but still, but very wealthy liberals yeah <laughs> yes the median home price i looked it up but i already forgot i think it was like 1.5 million it was like the median oh uh one million 1.03 million is the median home wow. price. so yeah so it's you know okay well let's just talk about what happened so i guess here's well, i think the median home price in the united states is something like a hundred thousand or something it's really yeah it's really low oh no it's higher than i thought really four hundred twenty-eight thousand. but i saw this map today that said if you divide the u.s up hold on just to, just to figure out how rich people in martha's vineyard are so apparently if you divide the u.s up um, in forty percent of the U.S., the median home price is under one hundred and fifty thousand, and then in a, in the next forty eight percent, the median home price is between one hundred and fifty and three hundred fifty thousand, hmm. and only twelve percent of the U.S. has um, home prices above three hundred fifty thousand. But those twelve percent can it can get really high really fast, like. You know, almost one percent has of the country has median home prices between seven hundred and fifty and a million. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess these like you know these areas can bring up the whole U.S. median home price. But in the majority of the country, you can have a house for less than. Yeah. Well, this also says that home prices in the U.S. increased by thirty percent from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's my understanding of what happened with uh, uh, with Martha's Vineyard. So apparently these migrants, mostly from Venezuela, ended up in um, Texas. And from there, they were approached by a woman um, who was offering them, I guess, safe passage to, uh, <laughs> to what, what, they, what, what she referred to as a sanctuary uh, state, <laughs> which was Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Um, and I guess these people agreed. Which uh, is true, right? Massachusetts does claim to be like a sanctuary. That state, is true. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, and these people were like legal, like asylum seekers. Like they were uh, attempting to um, like apply for asylum in the, in the U S mm-hmm. and you know, the claims were like, 
there was a lot of different claims going on. There were people who claimed they understood that they were going to Massachusetts, but didn't, but thought they were going to Boston, but didn't really know where. And there were people who claimed they were lied to completely. Um, they were put on a chartered flight, you know, to Martha's Vineyard. So it wasn't like, I guess, you know, that the human trafficking claim seems dubious because to me, that's like a forced, like they understood they were boarding a plane to a place. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Well, like what, what is, what is the definition of human trafficking? Okay. Cause it just sound to me, it's like human trafficking. Yeah. I mean, it's the unlawful act of transporting or coercing people in order to benefit from their work or service typically in the form of forced labor or sexual exploitation. So in okay, this situation, so that's definitely not happening. <laughs> right. I mean, that absolutely not. does not seem like it happened. Cause yeah. like, to me, yeah. So if that's, if that's the definition, if you're trying to create like, you know, a, a sex slave or some other type of slave, that's, that does, this does not qualify. That's not what the goal was by any means, unless, you know, the people in Martha's Vineyard started doing that. <laughs> Like upon arrival. Um, so like, here's some things that I found absurd about it that I kind of got a little bit of like blowback online about. Like, so I thought it was ridiculous that, you know, these, I think it was close to 50 migrants showed up on Martha's Vineyard and every single news article kept saying, talking about the housing shortage on the island. <laughs> and the people stayed in a homeless shelter that was built for for 10 people uh-huh. but it is after the season on martha's vineyard so actually there are hundreds of six seven eight thousand square foot homes that were completely empty and as far as i've heard not a single because i'm sure that would have been a huge thing not a single person open their, their home house up. yeah right like <laughs> even even for the night you know what i mean like mm-hmm. not not one not one person um open their home even for the just for the night for these people to stay in um and you know within basically 48 hours they had the national guard remove yeah they called in the military to <laughs> yeah. get them out of there <laughs> they had them remove them from the island and uh taken to boston where you know the excuse was like you know they need to actually be processed in an immigration court which to me i'm like we've been doing court on zoom for years now so mm-hmm. the idea that they had to be <laughs> like that sounds more like human trafficking to me, maybe than what the DeSantis did, to be honest. Um, but the well, idea and they- what were they doing and what would they have been doing in Texas? I mean, they, you know, they wasn't like, well, I guess they would have just been waiting for a court date. And here's the problem is like places like Texas and Arizona and all those places have just like, obviously like, you know, tens of thousands of people right. uh, that they can't process. And the, like, even if they were, um open to processing them you know and they they do i mean they do process a lot of them i mean they they, it's it's they don't just like deport everyone like a lot of the time they they are but it's like they're what they're what they're trying to handle anyway it was just so funny to me that like 
people were falling over themselves to like basically act like Martha's Vineyard like owned DeSantis. And I'm like, what did they do really though? Like, I mean, it seems like people bought some clothing donations and then there was and some like food stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there was like these internal like Martha's Vineyard Facebook like photos that got leaked that were like people basically being like, what can I do? What can I do? But like making it really clear that like them opening their home was like not a thing. And then less than two days later, they had them removed from the Island. And I'm like, what would have not been owning DeSantis, like mowing them down with like AR 15s. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like it already seems like they did like the barest, barest of minimum. So I just don't really understand why liberals are thinking of this as some sort of like massive win for them, you know? Well, again, it's all just because of the media coverage. It's an op again. I mean, and it's the exact situation for how all of these kind of media events play out is there's always two parallel media narratives. There's the conservative right wing narrative. And then there's the, left-wing whatever liberal narrative and so on the right you have people being like oh DeSantis is like trolling the libs and like you know showing their hypocrisy these like rich libs like when you know when push comes to shove they just call the military to haul out those immigrants out of there that they spend all this time just always ranting and raving about how we love immigrants and you know we're you know, all these evil Republicans want to build a wall or whatever. And then on the other hand, as you're saying, they have, well, DeSantis, how could he do something like this? It's human trafficking. And then, you know, the people of Martha's Vineyard, the the narrative that I heard um, someone um, post uh, was from listening to the daily. um, And the, the narrative was that, the people of Martha's Vineyard organized and, you know, in a compassionate way and, you know, really like rose up um, and to the challenge and like housed these immigrants or whatever. Um, (laughs) And so anyways, I guess my point is just that you have both of these things going on at the same time. Like each side feels like they won and that the other side is morons. And so that's how all of these things function. It's just a con. It's just, it, it, it gets the libs all agitated and got to get out the vote in November, you know, so that these like assholes like DeSantis, you know, get show, you know, we'll show them. And then on the other hand, it's like, there's going to be a red wave. We need to get, you know, like show these libs who's boss and whatever. It, it's just endless endless bullshit like this yeah it just i mean i don't think anyone really won anything in this in this ploy i don't think like DeSantis. i don't think anyone's mind was changed about anything um and you know like and uh, yeah i mean i do feel for these people who were clearly you know uh kind of like just used in this ploy i'm reading now that they did actually sign consent forms in their native language so you know i i think that that kind of completely dismisses the uh accusation of human trafficking you know 
Yeah. Um, no, there was obviously no human trafficking. <laughs> I mean, I, I and I, like I don't, I don't support this stunt just because of what I said, where it's it's not really actually designed to accomplish anything other than kind of piss everyone off or you know desantis to get rile up his base and you know whatever and i i you know the these people they they did sign up for a plane ride to massachusetts i don't think they understood that it was just supposed to be like a big media stunt you know (laughs) so um but at the same time i do actually think it was funny like I would I choose to organize this publicity stunt and, you know, rope in these immigrants and whatever. Like, no, I wouldn't do that. But that said, it happened. And I do think DeSantis had a valid point. And I thought it was kind of funny. It was funny. I mean, the whole thing was just, yeah. I mean, it's comical just in the sense of like the truest sense of that word and that like, you know, his point was just like, if you are so pro, you know, open borders, like, why aren't you? And like, and here's the thing, like, I'm someone who's actually like, I'm pro fixing the fucking immigration system. Like, I think that's what has to happen. Like, I, I, I think that there should be a way for low income people to immigrate to the United States and not, um, and like have like short-term workers visas and like things like that. Like, I think that should exist, you know? Um, the process is broken because there's just been like a, and it's probably broken for the same reason that like everything is, is that it gives both sides just this like endless outrage thing to like feed off yes, of. Yes, exactly. You know? There's no incentive to fix it because it's working exactly as it should by creating this constant, never-ending, like, culture wars issue that both sides can rile yeah, up like, the base over. Yeah, like, everyone can get mad about it. Everyone can get riled up over it. And they just... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just... And, and it's a complex issue, you know, I don't know, it's people always try to make it seem like it's, um, there's some obvious solution that's not being implemented. And I don't, I mean, I don't know, there, maybe there is, I, I don't know, personally, but, and, and, but like, what, yeah, DeSantis's point ultimately is like, I think, yeah, it, okay, you're pro open borders. But it's it's the same thing like uh, Gavin Newsom during he's locking down all his um, Californians during COVID. But then he's going out to dinner, no mask with all his, um, you know, highfalutin friends at the French Laundry. And it's the same thing for immigration where it's like, yeah, we support immigration, but we're going to build our little rich community on a literal island and not have to interact with any of those people and isolate well, that's, I mean that's it. that's what they that's what they want like they yeah. like that's the whole point of living somewhere like Martha's Vineyard is to be around people who are exactly like you like yeah. they're not moving to you know a like integrated neighborhood or suburb in 
uh, a major city, they're moving to places where they only have to interact with other white people who think exactly like them and the Obamas. (laughs) Um, So it's just like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. So do you want to hear, so the only person I saw tweet anything, it, it was actually a very unserious day on Twitter, but Dasha from Red Square tweeted me and my personal trainer laughed and laughed and laughed about Martha's Vineyard today. Um, and I thought some of the um, retweets were like some of the <laughs> meanest things I've ever read on Twitter. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you want to hear some of them? Sure. Um, most out of touch D-list actor, actor out there get fucked. Um Someone wrote, hey, Dasha, let me know if you need a, a part of a physical trainer who specializes in tra- training perimenopausal clients. It's not an easy what? time, but you can conquer it. She's 31. Um, Jesus, I don't even, that just doesn't <laughs> even make sense. It's not a good burn. I laughed and laughed and laughed when I found out you were invited back for Succession season four. Um, the one that got the most, the biggest ratio from her was paying a guy to laugh at your jokes instead of just working out, out, LOL. People are just jealous of her. I know it's ridiculous. Dasha is relevant. This is like her moment. It's so weird that, I mean, that's so, I mean, haters, right? Haters and losers. They hate her. Yeah, they hate her because she makes a shit ton of money doing essentially nothing. And that's like the American dream. (laughs) Um, But it is funny. Like, it is funny the way people... It's funny how self-righteous everyone got on both sides. Mm -hmm. Like, it, and I don't think any of those migrants were... I don't believe they were harmed in any way, shape, or form. In fact, like, the 50 of them that got, you know... uh, shipped to Martha's Vineyard hit the fucking jackpot in a way because now there's this huge effort, you know, all these like lawyers like ACLU are trying to get them to like, you know, help them like sue DeSantis and like, so in a weird way, it's like they hit the fucking jackpot because it's like they, they're going to, they're, these 50 migrants are going to have like a huge amount of like media support and attention because they landed on an Island of like the elites, you know? So people are actually going to care when they typically don't. So it's just, I don't know. Um, Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know. That was one of those moments where it did, it did kind of seem like an op. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's all of these, I mean, with pretty much without exception, if you can think of an exception, let me know. But, with pretty much without exception, all of these ma- major media events are ops. And that I'm not saying that they're all orchestrated and fake in that they didn't happen or something like that, but that they have a function in the media, which is always to divide people, to create two narrative, two specific concrete opposing narratives that, um, that either appeal to liberals and piss off conservatives or vice versa. Yeah. Well, I mean, the media is just set up that way. And I think, I think, and I don't think it's even like that nefarious, like, you know, the elite, the shadowy elites are like doing this. I think what, what I think all it is, is it's just money, right? Like they've realized that, that these things 
like make money. Like it was like a party in both CNN and Fox News right. during Martha's yeah. Vineyard because it was like this is what makes it rain. Hey, right? People are like, gonna watch our show tonight. Yeah, yeah. Like this is what makes it. You know, this is why they miss Trump because Trump made it rain for them for mm-hmm. four years. You know, yeah. and now no one gives a shit. So they have to talk about like trans people. Like that's like the newest. Right. You know, because they're like they're just like fishing for like anything. Do you want to hear what Pete Buttigieg had to say about oh, it? Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, yes. but Okay, first off, the person is definitely a fed who tweeted this because <laughs> they tweeted, when Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg comes for someone, he doesn't carry a sledgehammer. He wields a scalpel. In this musty clip, Pete slices Ron DeSantis into a million oh. pieces. <laughs> All right, so let's listen to it. Obviously, there are issues with the border and with migration. But these are the kinds of stunts you see from people who don't have a solution. Woo, woo! That's all that that got that <laughs> level. Of, that got that level of woo. Damn, bro, he peace out with the scalpel. <laughs> Let's see what removing Desantis's <laughs> appendix, bro. <laughs> that first woo was so funny. Okay, where have these league governor Desantis was in Congress? Where was he when they were debating immigration reform? What, what have any of these people done to be part of the solution? So, you know, I get if you're after attention, it's one thing to call attention to when you have a course of action, as, as some of the folks here speak enough about an issue, exercising their First Amendment rights have done, or in, in elected office. It's another to just call attention to a problem because the problem is actually more useful to you than the solution, and that helps you call attention to yourself. That's what's going on. And the problem, of course, it's one thing if that was just people being obnoxious, but human beings are being impacted by that. You flee a communist regime in Venezuela, you come here, and then somebody tricks you. Somebody using Florida taxpayer money for some reason tricks you into going from Texas to Massachusetts. It's, it's, it's not just ineffectual. It is hurting people. Wow. That is the most racist thing I've ever that's crazy. Also funny but, to hear Pete going after the communists in Venezuela. I guess that is like a bipartisan kind of. Yeah. But first off, these people were tricked is like, feels to me like that, that feels racist. Uh-huh. And then he, what did he even say? He's like, they are not offering any solutions, but then he himself offers no <laughs> solutions. He didn't uh-huh. offer a solution. <laughs> like a real own would be like, these people don't offer any solutions, but have I got one for you right now? Are you ready, guys? <laughs> yeah. Like that would be that would be a real solution. It's just so funny to me when they do that, you know? It's so easy. It's just, I don't know. I, know. I mean, Pete is just out. He's, I mean, he's just a complete like world economic forum, like cia plant but yeah well they um what was they gonna say uh obama famously said that he was too short and gay to get elected president. <laughs> so. i mean the other thing is like he's he's like acting like he or th- that per tweeter was acting like pete Buttigieg was like owning desantis but if you got both of them on a stage together and we're like debating or something like DeSantis would walk all over him. 
No question. You know, but DeSantis has gay voice too. More than <laughs> that's the one thing they perfected in Pete. Well, I, I like. I want to go a little over an hour. Do you do you know anything about Italy or not enough yet to really? Well, I can tell you my take on it. You, if you yeah, want to talk about, about it, yeah. I, all I've seen is her speech that's getting like really widely shared and sort of like dissident, but not really right wing. Like sort of like you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you want to call it, the new left. Yeah, space a lot of post people are sh- left or whatever. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people are sharing her in like the post left Twitter spaces. But yeah, what's your take on her? Well. Uh, I mean, I guess, to, say quick, I guess we should say quickly the far right party won the most recent elections in Italy by a landslide. That's that's what happened. Yeah, or I guess I don't know. I again, I, I haven't looked that much into it, but similar to you, I've just seen the conversations on Twitter. Some places say they're far right, you know, sort of suggesting they're almost like neo fascists or whatever. Some people say they're like a center right, more so. Um, but it's this woman, um, what's her name? Georgia something. <laughs> Georgia Maloney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, she was what elected prime minister. Is that the idea? I think they do it sort of like England. So it seems like sh- her party, uh, won. won and she's the leader of the party. She's the leader so. of the party. Right. Mm-hmm. They won 44% of the votes across the country. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so on the, the kind of post left, um, or, or just if you're conservative, um, or a dissident of of any kind of COVID dissident or anything like that, um, we're in favor of this and view it as a reckoning, like against the, uh, kind of a, a vindication of the anger and, um, opposition to the lockdowns the mask mandates the uh the vaccine mandates which i know in italy were actually very intense um i have friends in italy one of whom at least is unvaccinated and um he was telling me he's actually a very interesting guy but he was always telling me even before any of the covid stuff like about uh, 9-11 and everything like oh yeah the the american government does all the terrorism and just i guess uh this is a commonly held view in italy um because of this uh cia slash nato operation after world war ii called operation gladio where um the nato in coordination with the cia basically did all these false flag terrorist attacks uh, mostly in italy but also in some other european countries and blamed it on the communists as a way of um like ensuring the communists didn't take control but then it got it got like revealed basically some so it's common knowledge in the in italy that the united states government does false flag terrorism anyways so uh with covid i know it was like italy was the second place to lock down after china well right they famously had like 
the next big like outbreak or whatever yes and um there's different theories about that i know people like to say like there's a lot italy has a very old like elderly population and so maybe they were affected more because of that um but in any case they were they kind of solidified that europe would was going to take the same kind of um, lockdown approach that China had taken, which before that was kind of not, it, it hadn't been determined or, you know, Italy was the first one to bring that approach to Europe. And then everyone else kind of fell in line. And you, whether you consider that sort of the world economic forum approach or the, the world health organization approach, um, that's how it went down. And then Italy um had a very intense um lockdowns where you couldn't leave your apartment they had curfews um on and off in the cities so you couldn't go out at night you couldn't you know uh they had the vax pass the green pass um where you had to check in everywhere grocery store pharmacy whatever you had to check in with your green pass um and so this this right wing leader is now kind of viewed i think as the response to that saying that people the people are rejecting that mm. um i am less optimistic personally but i've seen a lot of people like big twitter accounts like that um dr benjamin braddock guy one of the big like anti-covid people kind of really celebrating this and um and i have no disrespect to him whatsoever because he was like on, on top of all the covid uh bs way before i was and um so but it just in this case i i do kind of disagree with him um i feel like it's probably a controlled opposition kind of situation personally um i think that there it's clear in the political mood in in the west at least that the people the average population was not happy with the lockdowns was not happy with the masks was not happy with the vaccine rollout and the attempt to mandate it in various ways um and i think that the powers that be understand that and feel that they need to provide an uh, a controlled outlet for that political energy okay interesting i mean her speech was like i know everyone's gonna be like it was full of dog whistles but i i found it sort of like empowering because um you know like basically what she was saying was like uh, you know it is interesting that this is this is considered fascist she's like I, I don't want to be reduced to a just like empty consumer of like capital like you know she was like i'm a mother i'm a christian i'm a you know <laughs> like mm -hmm. i'm an i'm an italian like she's like these are not like dangerous categories and like you know this whole attempt to like deconstruct everything and like you know she's she, she's just like all they want you to do is just be like a kind of like mindless like consumer and that's why they find mm 
my me and like my politics so threatening you know mm-hmm. and i know that the, that is full of like dog whistles and she's like saying certain things but it was it was just interesting because i'm like you know it's interesting the left can't i i can't remember the last time i heard someone on the left anywhere talk about um you know trying to move away from like brain dead like consumerism and like you know Mm -hmm. like the left in america at least has become kind of obsessed with with capitalism (laughs) and like it's really weird they become obsessed with capitalism they become obsessed with the police like pharmaceutical companies pharmaceutical (laughs) companies if you look on twitter how, how often have you seen i see this all the time someone say uh a leftist at at the FBI at someone. Have you seen this? No. Oh yes. Yeah. Like tipping off like, people. At, yeah. On like, Twitter. At FBI, isn't this a crime? And I'm like, do you understand what the FBI was? Like, do you understand the FBI like like historically like killed leftists? Like that was like their entire like thing. Yeah, like you know right. what I mean? Like like literally assassinating like left leftist organizers and it, and like that's why we like don't have a radical left in the US anymore is because the CIA and the FBI like completely like eradicated systematically it. destroyed them. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then it's like and then it's like they um yeah they're 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 pro big pharma they're pro you know posting um, your injection selfies. <laughs> Posting your injection selfies, they are, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's so weird to me because it's like, I'm like, when did the right start talking about like capitalism as like the problem? And like, when did the left kind of just like wholesale, like buy in, buy into it, you know? Yeah. Well, it's weird. And that's why it's like, there basically is no like authentic left movement in the united states like the the democratic party which was historically at least like allegedly supposed to represent that politically has become the party of the wealthy right that's all the professional managerial class urban lit or urban you know people are affluent libs um and and that's who the party is messaging. And I mean, I would say that personally, I feel that the right and they're like the Republicans and the Democrats basically just both actually represent slightly different factions of capital. Of course. Of course, that's true. But if you look at the messaging now, the Democrats are clearly messaging towards affluent like urban professionals they're not they're not talking to anyone who's working class no they don't even bother i mean if anything they gesture at the middle class which is still people with like college degrees and you know um i guess like a semi-comfortable income but they don't they don't talk they don't say anything about the working class anymore and they don't you know the stuff that like even five, 10 years ago seemed to be really important. It's like gone, like $15 minimum wage. Never, that never fucking, that never fucking gets talked about. Like 
raising the federal minimum wage. That never fucking gets talked oh, about. Oh yeah. Well, that's another thing is like COVID specifically killed that move killed kind of the Bernie movement. Like Bernie Sanders was a big thing right before COVID. Like he almost won the nomination in 2016, probably would have if the if the DNC hadn't intervened basically. And same in 2020. And then all of a sudden, like Medicare for all became N95 masks for all, you know, like <laughs> it's it's completely dead. You know, he's not he, Bernie Sanders is not relevant. He's not in the conversation anymore. No. And all and all the people that I mean, like, this is what I think has happened. And I think this is what, you know, the left should be like terrified of. But it's like the people that were like the Bernie bros were like are also have all sort of been co-opted in this like weird like post left space that's where mm -hmm. they all ended up i mean that is that yeah is not like, all of them some of them are like dirtbag left who's still like you know all in for the biosecurity regime and everything but yeah a lot of them definitely feel alienated or at least feel that like neither party really represents their interests I mean, I was never, I'm like, I'm like, I need to confess this. Like, I was never like a Bernie bro. Like, I was even worse. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like a full, 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 full libtard. Like, I wanted Hillary. I wanted Hillary. Oh, you wanted Hillary. <laughs> I did. I did. Like, I was even, like, I was even, I, I just want to be clear that, like, I was, I was even, I was like as bad as it could get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was full, like, corporate, like, Democrat, like, I thought that's who should win. I I, I mean, I being a Bernie bro is like almost as bad as that at this point. And that was, was basically where I was at. So I don't think you should feel too ashamed. But yeah, no, I'm just that. I mean, yeah. that's just where I was. It's so. funny how much things have changed since then. Yeah, I definitely thought Trump was going to bring about like the end of our country. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I thought that was like the end of America. Like I, I believe, I definitely believed all that. I, I, I wanted to like stop talking to my parents because they voted for Trump. Like I had a totally different vibe in 2016. Okay, I remember, I remember on a different uh, show we were talking about how Trump was funny. I didn't mention this, at, but like I still think about this all the time. Like one of the funniest, most amazing political moments i can even think of and there were actually a lot with trump like to his credit like he's pretty hilarious but when after the grab him by the pussy yeah. came out and then at that debate he had brought in um all the all the women that had accused bill clinton of like yes. raping them or whatever yes that was crazy that was like unhinged but like so funny i know and even uh and even snl i remember this like even snl like tried to like kind of like paint over that when they did the because you know they had kate mckinnon doing her hillary which was actually like i thought for a while snl was doing a pretty hard read on hillary like i thought it was funny mm -hmm. like it was it was like she's this out of touch like weirdo like like female autist like that was like the yeah, joke because you know? it was safe because nate silver promised everybody that hillary was gonna win <laughs> right the joke they made about her was like it was pretty good for a while but they like girl bossed that moment because they had kate mckinnon i remember this she said like mistresses ha 
you thought you could get me with that. But she called them mistresses. Yeah. These are women who accused him of rape. Yeah, right. They weren't mistresses. It was like, these are women who, like, one of them, like, Juanita Broderick, accused him of, yeah, like, violent rape. So it was like, even SNL tried to, like, sort of, like, sugarcoat over what, like, you know. Yep. And obviously Trump doesn't care about, you know, doesn't. No, shit. it wasn't. I'm not saying he's, like, a good guy. But just, like, <laughs> can you imagine anything, anyone else doing something like that? And it, and it was, like, effective. It did show, like, okay, I said grab him by the pussy. This motherfucker who's your husband is, like, been accused of rape by, like, 10 or more people you know also like okay <laughs> let me look at the grab him by the pussy quote <laughs> because i think that quote was he go, he said and when you're a star they let you do it you can do anything grab him by the pussy you can do anything to me everyone was like trump is describing raping women but if you read the quote they let you he do says it. He'll, they'll let you do anything. <laughs> so it's like, do I think that he seems like an upstanding guy? No, but the quote itself was actually like, didn't really seem like he was describing an assault. It seemed like he was saying, when you're rich and famous, women will let you like, like they'll, they kind of like will throw themselves at you. Right. That seems like what he was actually saying. But like, I remember like the histrionics about it were like, you know, Trump is, yeah, describing, you know, sexually assaulting women, which is not, I don't know. Right. No, and then his locker room talk defense was pretty good as well. Melania did that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Melania was the one who said, I thought it was more like locker room talk and her accent. (laughs) So I don't, I don't think she came up with that, but that's what she said. Yeah. All right, well, we have another appointment soon, so should we should we call it? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, oh, I feel like I had another um, Trump thing. That was, oh, dude, his nicknames. His nicknames were absolutely savage. Yes. Uh, little Marco, low energy Jeb. Like, that completely took Jeb out. Anyways. Uh, yeah. We'll do it. We'll do more on his nickname soon, but yeah. I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Good. See ya.